Welcome back to the DMC podcast, season two, episode 14. And today we're going to be talking about trust and betrayal. It's something that we've wanted to do for a little while. We just wanted to get some, you know, some solid questions in there, some good topics so we can bring some excellent content to you lovely people listening. But before we do get started, Manny, I'd like to ask how are things with you and how's everything been going? Everything's been good, thanks. Uh, I think last time we spoke, I told you about my injury. I, I feel like I'm getting better and progressing quite well. So I can't wait, really. When And I, I think when this podcast comes out, it'll be the week before we go into uni. So it's going to be really fun. And it's going to be great to be able to move into accommodation and get to see a few of the guys that I haven't seen in a while. Because, man, it's been, it's, been, it's been far too long seeing like a lot of people I haven't seen in real life. It's been like probably close to 18 months. It's just mental. And we've all worked and we all have our own experiences to share. So I really can't wait till we um, get to uni. It's just around the corner. And when I thought about it today, I was kind of concerned because I think I need to do shopping. And I've only got like two weekends or one week, but this weekend and next weekend. And then that's it. Yeah, man. I'm, I mean, I'm excited as well just to be moving into a new place on, on Saturday, which is going to be really nice with my girlfriend. So looking forward to that. A bit hectic helping her pack and helping both of us pack and get ready for it. But we always make time for the podcast because that's what we love to do. We love doing this every week. We love bringing people content and just I catch up with you, man. It's a chat about stuff that we want to talk about. So that is, you know, a great passion of ours. But just to give you guys some context, uh, on the origin of this pod idea unfortunately for those people not a fan of football I'm not going to go on too long about this but unfortunately for those people who aren't the biggest fan um, the actually origin came around uh, because of Cristiano Ronaldo's recent transfer to Manchester United which Manny and I as Manchester United fan are pretty gassed about before this happened Ronaldo was touted, rumoured, you know, kind of thought that he would join Manchester United as rivals, Manchester City. And, oh, people came out in hordes. They were saying, oh, God, what is this betrayal? Specifically, the word betrayal was mentioned loads of times. What is this betrayal? How's How can Ronaldo do this to us and stuff like that? Like, he, he, you know, Manchester United gave him everything he's got and now he's going to join our rivals. Oh, shows the game is dead, money buys football. People were going left, right, and center, popping off, and the mention of the word betrayal was being thrown around, and that got me thinking. Well, why are people feeling this as a betrayal? Is there an obligation that Cristiano has to Manchester United to not join another team? Realistically, he hasn't played for United in oh well over ten years now, and so it's 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 been quite a while. So why is that obligation still there? And that was what we wanted to talk about because I thought about betrayal and I thought, you know, to talk about more stuff to make it more wide reaching. Uh, we thought about, OK, let's talk about trust as well. Trust and betrayal come hand in hand. We can have a good discussion about that. So that's how it came about. If you guys would like a little bit of <laughs> a little bit of context on it. So before in order to get started, we can go over the first question that came to my mind for you, Manny, if you want to help me get started with this podcast and get it going. Does betrayal come hand in hand with obligation so for example does Cristiano owe it to the United players the United fans and the board and the people that love him does he owe it to not betray them by joining the rivals or is there a bit of stuff beneath that a bit of context behind that where the obligation isn't necessarily there and the betrayal is just people feeling hard done by what do you think about this whole topic and the whole things the whole fiasco we've seen online especially on Twitter recently I think football is a very uh, 
tribal sport in the fact that like I understand people's like distaste with the fact that if he were to go to Man City and why like the, the things around it where he, he became like one of the best players in the world at the time when he was at United, he grew, developed as an individual and then eventually left to go to Real Madrid. But it's one of those things when football, football is very uh, fickle sport. And I think because there's such a love for this individual and what he's done, I feel like there's, there isn't like a hint of obligation there where it's like, you've done so much for this club. You've done so much for the fans. You've, you've, you've been loved by these fans and adored, even when you've played for different teams and you come back to Old Trafford, the stadium, um, you always get like a, a good, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You get like good praise and you get a good reception. But the thing is with that, it's just very, it's very difficult when you try to like, it's, it's, an, it's an emotional response where you think, oh, he's betrayed us. He's done this, he's done that. And um, and it's it, I think it's somewhat justified, but the the problem the problem I have with it as well though is if you think about it like this, if he wasn't that good and now he was going to Man City, do you feel like people would have an issue? And I think it's one of those things where because he became so great, it would just tarnish his legacy if he were to move to the rival club. And the same, the thing is, we probably should uh, add a bit more context to it in the fact that. He's not only moving to a rival club, which not is doing well at the moment, but it's a rival club in the same city, which is just like salt in the wounds. Really, it's it's very um, it's a difficult pill to swallow, especially if they're like your noisy neighbors. It's it's going to be if he did go there, I think it would have been a complete. Like, it would have been a nightmare for United fans. Everyone would have been just. It would have been very downbeat. It wouldn't have been great. Uh, fortunately for us, he, he did sign for United, but I feel like. The obligation comes there, especially when it comes to his footballing context in the fact that he was so good and so like loved by these people that it feel, it would feel like a sense of betrayal if he decided to move to Man City. What do you think about that? Well, I was going to ask, actually, in, in a wider context, away from this specific case study that we're looking at, this specific scenario, does do, the fact that someone may owe someone something does that mean the sense of betrayal is heightened? So if, say, we're going to take a, a different example, say if if you told your mate that you would go and do you do something for them, you, you said you would do something, but this was ages ago, you said you'd do it, and you then you go ahead and you don't do it, or you do something that potentially could be seen as a betrayal. Does the initial setup for the obligation make the betrayal feel more harsh? Or would is it the same emotion as there always has been and it wouldn't make a difference? I feel like the initial setup is always... It makes it worse because you kind of told someone... It also comes down to your reliability in the sense that you may have told someone that you'll do something for them and then you've done the complete opposite. And yes, there's a lot of things to do with that. Like the person, other person may need context on why you decided to take on that other decision or decide to like do the complete opposite. But I, I just, I don't know. I feel like, yes, when you say when you, you've given your word, I feel like it should mean a lot. And it carries a lot of weight when you tell someone something and, and you said you were going to do it, but then you didn't do it or did the complete opposite. I feel like it's uh, it's very hard hitting because then it, it doesn't only like, affect you, but it affects the person who entrusted you because then it puts their, it puts their like, um, not I don't know how to explain it, but it's like they put their like metrics on how they trust people in jeopardy, and then it might 
they destroy their own system of like their values in the sense that I trusted this person. This is the reason why I trusted them. Now I can't trust anyone. And they might be very defensive and it could definitely change them as a person. So I think that that's what I look at it as. That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I definitely agree with the fact that the setup of, you know, there's some history there with, with a friend of, or something like that. Um, a lot of the time, say if you, it, it comes down to the amount of time you've known somebody sometimes, you know, if I've not saying this is the case whatsoever, but I'm just saying as a hypothetical, if hypothetically I choose to hang out with one of my university friends over one of my friends who I've known for a longer period of time, they may see that as a betrayal. Thankfully they don't, but they may see that as a betrayal based purely on the amount of time that I've known them for to what I've known one of my university friends for. They may think, well, Joseph, I've known you for 10, 15 years now. How can you choose this new person over me? That's a real betrayal right there. And thankfully, this hasn't happened. I'm not saying that it has <clears throat> at all, but um, it, it could happen. Some people may actually think that and may believe that the amount of time you've known someone is indicative of how much you owe to them in terms of where your priorities lie. And that's where the betrayal comes in. But you could also explain the context behind something and why you chose to hang out with somebody else over someone. You know, we, we covered this a couple of weeks ago, I think, talking about a similar, a similar concept. But that, again, comes with the setup with if you if you have known this person for so much longer, you may they may feel like you owe it to them to hang out with them for more uh, or choose them over somebody else. When in reality, we certainly know that the amount of time you've known someone is not indicative of how close you are to them. You know, I know plenty of examples in my own life and I'm sure, you know, examples in your life, Manny, I'm sure people listening can think back to their friendships and think of the different friendship groups they've got and also, you know, draw comparisons there. And yeah, there may be some level of obligation there that you may be indebted to honour, but it certainly makes a betrayal feel more difficult if you yourself have been, you know, made made to feel less of a priority when in reality that's not the case but sometimes you just can't help but think that so it's about overriding that thought and it's about overriding the thought of man this person has chosen someone they've only known for six months over me who they know for 10 years and then you need to think to yourself well maybe there's a reason for that maybe I haven't been as good of a friend as I thought I have maybe they want to take the other person to go skydiving and I don't even like skydiving, why am I expecting an invite? You know, why am I feeling betrayed if I'm just going to say no to that anyway? But some people just do because they like to be invited to things. And really, realistically, everyone likes to be invited to things. You know, they want to feel thought of and, you know, want to feel considered. But in reality, you might have just said no to that skydiving invite anyway. On a tangent, Manny, real quick, what do you think about Would you ever go skydiving if I invited you to go skydiving? Oh, uh, you know what, though? I maybe, but I prefer. I want to do paragliding. Yeah. Para- okay, yeah, I vibe with that. I vibe with that. I, I I don't know what it is, but I don't know. Whenever, whenever, it, maybe it's just Wii Sports Resort where like you see those <laughs> events that happen in the games, and I'm like, that looks really cool. But uh, man, I'm just I I don't know. I I, I think it, I'm scared of heights. I'd say. Well, like um, I you know what? It's weird. A, a different conversation completely. A different podcast. I mean, I'm scared of heights on my own adrenaline. It's mental, but um. It's just one of those things where I, I don't know about skydiving. Like, I feel like if, um, if I'm up there, someone said you had to go and I had to, like, I'd, I would close my eyes for a long time before I opened them. But when I've made the jump, but 
Oh, man, I can't say. My sister's actually went bungee jumping, so if she can do it, I, I feel quite confident I should be able to do it as well, <laughs> to be honest, or something very similar. But I know skydiving is a very different ball game completely, but, man, I just think, if you take me up in the offer, I'll let you know at the time. It just depends where I am in life, but I, I think I wouldn't mind it. I wouldn't be opposed to it. Obviously, you're attached to someone else because we haven't been trained at all to skydive ourselves, so I have that kind of comfort. But I always kind of go worst-case scenario when I shouldn't about those kind of things that what if the parachute doesn't work like that that's just curtains isn't it really <laughs> but hopefully that isn't the case but yeah damn man you're really you're really going like that's just curtains <laughs> <laughs> it is though but i was gonna say you're quite savage i listened to your response and you were just like <laughs> you the person who you went out with six, who you've only known for six months over 10 years Maybe you should think about how good of a friend you are. Like, like what kind of response was that to the question? That, what do you mean? Kind of what? You, were, you literally said, like, um, that maybe the person went out with the other person uh, that they've only known for six months at uni. And maybe you should think about how good of a friend you are. Like, that's a very hard-hitting question to think about. Yeah, okay, good point. Because, good point. because they've just harsh. gone out maybe for a meal. A oh, you know, I'm just going to go out for dinner with Joseph. And then my mates from home are like, damn man i've been such a bad friend you know that is that what because of what i've done like it's probably like four years ago and he's thinking about it now because he didn't go out with me like bro it's i don't think it's that i don't think it's that hard hitting okay okay maybe maybe i'm overthinking it maybe i'm overthinking it yeah i I, I, i'm worried about that person thinking about it bro (laughs) i'm worried about that person yeah but like I, i just think i think in one of those in those scenarios you also have to give it some context. And like you said, you've only known someone for six months. And this kind of links to our next question about building trust. And sometimes you've got to do a few extra things and put in a little bit of effort at the start when you meet someone new. Because you're trying to effectively speed run the trust process with someone that you haven't built with them at all because you've just known them. Over someone you've known for 10 years, you can trust you because you've known them for so long. And I'm not going to say you can... I don't know if there is a concrete way to kind of speed up that process. I, I definitely think living with people definitely speeds up that element of trust because you're sharing the same space, you're sharing the same like household and stuff like that. And you're sharing like you're perhaps even sh- sharing stuff as much like as going all the way to food and stuff like that. So I feel like trust is de- definitely built if you're in the same environment and same space. But I, I think it's very difficult to try and speed run in any other way, shape or form. But what would you say to that? Well, I would say there's a couple of ways that you can not obviously not, you know, rely upon to build trust in the, in the sense of you can just do it and trust will be built. But there's a couple of things you can you can do to, you know, help build trust with someone who you want to, um, which is, you know, being true to your word and honoring your commitments that you've made and being open about the things that you've you said you would do and you followed through and you do it. You know, people then trust you to do the things that you said you would do or to make certain actions that you've you know you mentioned you'd follow through on and that's a great way of, of showing the person that they can trust you to do what you say yeah that you would do um but there's also the element of trust where not necessarily trust you to do something but just trust you with you know confidential information private information you know trust you to be a good friend trust you to be a good person those things as you said come from just gradually gradual exposure you know gradually seeing the person and interacting with them and the more time you spend 
the more time that you're able to just consistently get to recognize what someone's actually like. And from there on out, you can start to be like, okay, well, I can trust this person with this much knowledge. I can, I can, I want to, I feel comfortable divulging this to you. And I feel comfortable talking about these things to you because I trust that you won't use this new knowledge you've obtained about me in a harmful way, or you won't go out and scream up from the rooftops about something that I've told you in confidence. And it's, it's, it's a good way of doing it because you're then able to show the person once you're able to take, get yourself into that scenario and, you know, be more open to somebody. And then a good way of doing it back is reciprocation. You know, if someone is comfortable sharing something with you and they feel that level of comfort with you and level of trust in you, you can then demonstrate that you also feel a similar level and you guys are on the same wavelength in that relationship if you're able to then divulge certain things to them that you now feel comfortable to do obviously everyone's got their own time period that they do this and everyone's got you know a certain amount of time it takes to let those barriers come break down a little bit but if you're able to reciprocate somewhat in your own way in your own stages then that will slowly build a strong relationship it will slowly build quite a lot of trust I thinking about this now I remember quite um, a harrowing experience for my friend and I which <laughs> ended up with one of them going to with my friend going to the hospital because he, he had a quite a serious accident riding home on his on his um, bicycle really late at night and previously uh, this is my flatmate from last year and previously uh, I, I I told him, mate, if you ever get into any trouble with anything or you never need need me to help you out in any way, no matter what academic, you know, with or just with lower life, give me a call and I'll pick up, drop me a message and I'll reply. And people say that and sometimes, you know, their phone's on mute or they don't reply, but it was 3 a.m. And he called me up as like, Joseph, I, 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 I've been hit really hard on my head. I think I'm bleeding. Like, I, I can't really like see straight. I can't really think properly. Can you come and get me? I'm here and he told me where he was and I was like I'll be right there and I was in bear in mind I was I was asleep in bed but he, call, he called me and the phone woke me up and I was there in five minutes and I got we got to the hospital and I was there all through the night with him through the hospital and at the end of the evening as we we're about to go home the doctor who was looking after him and who was also talking to me a little bit while my friend was sleeping and recovering said that damn you guys are gonna you guys are going to be friends for life from this I'm sure of it the doctor said that and I, I still remember that that sentence and that's really stands out to me as we didn't use that as a, a trust building exercise you know we didn't know that was going to happen and I'd rather it didn't happen at all but the fact that it did brought us closer for sure because I always remember that that day as bad as it was and as harrowing as it was for the both of us because it was quite a intense situation it really brought us closer together and I'm sure he remembers it as vividly as I do. And that made our friendship a lot stronger going through those experiences together, whether a good or bad thing, that shared experience really solidified the relationship we had, the friendship we had to one that I really am certain will hold true for years to come. Yeah. I actually record this event because I think you guys sent a picture in the group chat and it was just, it's, it's crazy, man, that like you had, he, he, he called you and you picked up and you went there at 2 a.m. And it's, it's one of those things where, like you said, it's you sometimes say something and you don't necessarily, I don't want to say you don't mean it, but when you say to someone, you're always a phone call away. Sometimes people don't really take you up on that offer. 
and they they I don't know if they struggle to do it because uh they are like they're reluctant to call you or get hold of you or they just feel like you didn't really mean it. But it's it's really nice when like to hear obviously not nice what happened to our friend, but it's it's nice to hear a story where someone literally take you took you up on that offer and it really goes to show how much trust you have and for that person, the fact that you gave them the time of day and they called you at 2 a.m. and you picked up and you went like it, it really does show especially and also like you said that was your flatmate so I think definitely living with them plays a massive factor and going back to what you said about um, exposing information to someone or like privy information to someone I feel like there is an element in trust building where you have to I think sometimes the trust building is more difficult when you don't trust yourself and you have to trust yourself sometimes to not only make mistakes but sometimes you got to tell someone something that's a bit vulnerable not because not because you feel like you have to but it, it, it maybe you do but in terms of that you don't do it for the sake of just doing it you feel like you want to actually get to know someone closer and you want to actually connect with them sometimes you're gonna to have to be vulnerable and I feel like that definitely plays a factor in let's just say in quotation marks speed running the process of building trust because if you don't if you don't really like expose yourself or make yourself vulnerable I feel like it's very difficult because you always got like a barrier per se. That's what I, I think about that, really. Yeah, I like that, man. He's definitely trying to just slowly get rid of that barrier. And sometimes people have had previous times where they've been had their trust betrayed and it becomes more difficult for that barrier to be lowered. And it takes more time. And if you're with a friend who you might not know the circumstances they've been through previously, you know, I've only known quite a lot of my friends for three years at uni the ones I've known so I don't know what happened what they may have gone through or anything that they may have just experienced in their life for the first 18 years so I can't possibly begin to assume that I know everything they've gone through so I I, at the same time I can't then expect them to be as open as I am because I know that I've not I've had quite a, you know, a happy time of things and I haven't really experienced many traumatic experiences or anything similar to that at all. But so I I can't then assume that people will do the same, have the same level of trust immediately that I do. You know, I'm a very trusting person. I'm, I'm not very cynical and I don't really have barriers put up because I haven't had the experience where that has been betrayed like some others may have had. So I need to bear in mind as a friend to them that just because I am a, open let's say nine out of ten I'm open to them and they might be a four out of ten I don't I can't expect that reciprocacy because they may have had their trust betrayed and it may be more difficult for them to do so for them to be up to a five out of ten um trusting may be a massive thing for them and I, I would be incredibly proud of them and incredibly happy that they're able to do that even if objectively that they still haven't quite lowered their barriers as much it still could be a massive thing for them. And if you are someone like me who hasn't, who just is a very open person in that sense, it's really important to be respectful and understanding that it may take longer for those around you to have a similar level of reciprocacy that you, that a person with a high level of, you know, a high level of trust like myself may do. So that's something very important to consider. Um, and, And while we're still quickly on the topic about a good way to build trust is, a lot of the time, uh, avoiding self-promotion, you know, bigging yourself up and gassing yourself up for no reason. Of course, you're happy to celebrate your 
uh, achievements with your friends because they're and hopefully they'll be happy for you but needless self-promotion and constantly talking about how great you are and how great things you do that actually has been found to degrade trust for people to trust you less because they'll be thinking this person's hiding something or this person's you know always talks about themselves and they never ask about you know recognizing my me or my friends or people around them that only recognize themselves and when you do so that degrades the trust between people so that could be something to shy away from if you find yourself you know a little bit too braggadocious and that's something to avoid as well i'd like to, to add that as we move on to the next section manny which i think you you can intro us for yeah so just going talking about trust and building trust are there any surefire ways of building trust and i'm just going to go over a few ones that i think of and i think it's one that you literally just mentioned avoiding like self-promotion i think that's a big one as well especially near the start because it kind of just like you said it kind of feels like constant self-promotion degrades your trust but another one is just being honest sometimes just saying the truth and saying how you actually feel showing your feelings as well is enough just to add to that when you're being honest is that when you always try to tell the truth because when you lie it kind of diminishes your trustworthiness and that plays a massive factor in whether people are going to trust you or not and sometimes the truth is going to hurt sometimes it's going to not look great for yourself or the other person but as long as you're saying it to them and letting them know and being honest about it I feel like it'll be in the short term it might cause a few issues but I feel like long term it, it kind of will be respected in the fact that you've gone ahead and taken the more courageous path in some cases it's based on your scenarios and it is very I feel like sometimes in many scenarios it can be very difficult to be honest and tell the truth but if you can maintain that kind of framework I feel like that's when people are like they can trust you and they 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 can honor your word because you mean what you say and um another one that really springs to mind is just admitting your mistakes I feel like like I said about vulnerability and exposing yourself sometimes it's just being honest about the fact that you didn't do something right or you did something improper and you weren't happy with what happened. And being able to admit that it's, it's quite a commendable, not only commendable, but it kind of just goes to show how much of a reflective and honest individual you are. Because not many people like to talk about the mistakes they made and admit to them. And I feel like when someone's able to do that, that that for me is probably a big tell how if I can trust someone. Because I know there's many people who feel like they don't like to admit when they're wrong or don't even want to mention it or kind of just sweep it under the carpet. But if you're able to open, you have a conversation about that. Uh, I feel that that kind of has a, I feel like that one holds a bit more weight to me personally, but I feel like that does hold a lot of weight just in general as well. Is there anything that you want to add to that? Anything you feel like needs to be added to building trust? Well, just in general, think thinking before you, you make a commitment, you don't want to, as we said at the very start, you don't want to, tell someone you'll do something or you know make a commitment that you're then not able to follow up on so making thinking about do I have the time to meet three different people in one day because you don't want to have to end up cancelling on that third person because you ran out of time you could say previously earlier on a week early say oh, I, I've, I don't know if I'm going to be able to have time to meet you on that day can we meet Saturday morning instead and that way they'll they'll know that you're able, that you're thinking about them you know you're thinking about being able to hang out with them rather than just cancelling entirely 
and just you know being organized to to be able to honor those commitments and also being able to say no to things being able to say no and actually be like oh, i'm really sorry i don't think i can make it to this because you don't want to say yes and then feel really flustered and feel really forced to go to something that you might not want to go to you might not be able to go to and so just in terms of building those relationships upon uh, interaction it's about making those interactions as smooth as possible and as as nice and as pleasant as possible as you want it to be you know as you'd want a friendship to be so being able to to honor your commitments and to to think before making these decisions and do it consistently as well don't just do like one time you you make it to there to a place on time and another time you completely blow them off for no reason with no explanation you know you've got to be consistent with it and slowly but surely trust will be built and you'll be able to 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 feel hopefully those relationships being developed which i think is very important but i wanted to ask uh, manny is there a point at which you trust someone indefinitely you know that you've known someone for 15 odd years or something like that and no matter what they do you trust them is, do you reckon that that point occurs or do you reckon there's always a point of 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 like you know they betray the trust or something like that i'm quite an optimist i feel like this i feel like for some people already that i know that there is i just have that trust indefinitely with them and i, I don't know when it happens i'll be honest i feel like there is no like you can't quantify, you can't really put a metric on when that happens. I, I don't even think it's a number of years thing either. But I just feel like there's something that needs to happen. I don't know what it would be for you as an individual, but I feel like something has to happen. And then you just realize that I'm just going to be able to trust this person. And it's, it's and I feel like it obviously is like a, it's a stepping stone. There's so many different uh, things that they it's kind of like a checklist where they have to fulfill a certain number of requirements and then there is this thing which is like in the above and beyond category if for everyone else it's their own thing and for me even right now thinking about it I can't give you an indefinite answer to what that above and beyond category would be what would be in it but I feel like there is just a, a moment or an event or something that occurs where you think to yourself yeah you know what I can just trust this person for as long as I can and as long as I'm here and like I said, I'm quite the optimist. I feel like that is the case. And I, I know that trust can definitely be broken, even if you trust them indefinitely. But I feel like there is that um, there is a place for that in terms of you can actually trust someone indefinitely. How do you feel about that? I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm ever the optimist, such as yourself. I, I'm always an optimist when it comes to trying to, you know, believe the best in people. But is there indefinite trust? That's a tough one because you can, as much as you may know someone, you can never really know what's happening in their brain. You know, at some point, something could just switch, something could just flip, and you you don't know that person anymore, or something like that. It's it's, it's the, the cynical side of me would come out for this question because trusting someone indefinitely can be a bit naive. It can be a little bit thinking, well, how do you know that this person isn't just portraying something for a long period of time this person could be an absolute psychopath but great at hiding it and great at obtaining people's trust and then boom they go and betray or something like that so it's maybe there needs to be consistency over a long period of time where the trust is in becomes indefinite without any any 
question marks over it without any ifs, buts, or maybes, only absolutes, you know, stuff like that. And uh, it's a tough question. It's a tough question because I'm I, when you think of indefinitely, I think of like married couples and stuff like that. But then you see that lots of cu- marriages end in divorces, lots of people cheat in married relationships and all these betrayals. You know, you may have thought you could have trusted someone indefinitely and then your partner, your husband, your wife, your whatever, it goes and betrays that trust. And then you think, well, I trusted you indefinitely. That was so silly of me to do. But then again, there may be couples that do trust each other indefinitely and stuff like that so it's a very tough question there say if my 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 girlfriend was to to, obviously she wouldn't but like murder someone or do something crazy like that would I then trust her indefinitely I don't know because would I trust that it was there was a good reason for it I I can't possibly see a good reason for it at that point you know self-defense is always a good reason for it you know but it, it gets all these questions going that may have the indefinite trust section go out of the window because she she can't be back oh yeah by the way joseph i had a great day at work you know we looked after a couple of kids who had language therapy issues you know crossed someone on, on the way back home murdered them had some sushi came back had a sandwich had a good nap like wait go back no one would casually say it like that let's be honest but like but what yeah, if they and then, and then if saying. you trust someone indefinitely and they say murder someone be like okay cool you know if that was the indefinite trust you wouldn't even consider that 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 aspect because you trust them so much you wouldn't you know pick up on that that casual tone and be like oh yeah nice cool sounds like a great day no one realistically would do that so i'm trying to think of that it's a really weird i don't know why my brain is yeah no i was gonna say you know what i'm like, saying you know what i'm saying yeah i know what you're trying to say because like, you trust them so much you'd pass it off as a joke or something and you wouldn't necessarily think it's true but i also believe that it's it's very at this point it's very man it's it's very difficult to like in terms of trusting someone indefinitely it, obviously i'm not going to say it's, it's it's an overnight thing it's a very long process but there's there's obviously going to be times where you notice things about people you can't you can't like if you you're going to get exposed eventually man it's very diff- i find it very difficult that someone can uphold like a persona for such a long time let's just say for argument's sake we're thinking 20 years I just I just personally for me I just can't see that like I can't I can't see that one person not making a mistake based on on who they might be if it's anyone really I can't see someone not making a mistake or someone not picking up on something that they felt like was a bit off but they may have passed off on it I, I just think that that's it's kind of it would be very scary if people were able to do that on a consistent basis because then we wouldn't be able to trust anyone because everything would just be a fad you know what I'm saying so I do. I just, I just think personally for me, you can trust someone indefinitely. It takes a very long time. Yeah. But I also, I also like to think that it would be very difficult to trust someone and like not take find flaws in people in general. And I feel like if you really wanted to trust someone indefinitely, you have to give them very critical. Like, I don't want to be. Don't be obviously critical to them as an individual, but like you'd be very like critical when you think about oh everything that's happened and everything you've done with them. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I definitely like to think, obviously, we're going to move away from the, uh, the the more criminal side of things. But just in life, trusting someone definitely, I, I do think it can happen. I, I definitely do. And I definitely think that for quite a few relationships um, that I've built, obviously, with family, with my partner, with my, my brother, with friends such as yourself, Manny, and people that I've known for a long period of time, 
the indefinite side of things is starting to come into play because I've known I'm knowing people for a longer period of time and you know even though I've known my friends from home for 10 years or pl- plus that they're also well in the mix but for yourself who I've known for maybe three years the fact that I've known you so intensely for those three years is making up for that lost time which I, I then as I believe has put it on a similar playing field in terms of the level of trust I have for you compared to a friend I've known for a longer period of time and not just for you but for my other friends at uni um it is starting to go towards that because realistically have have any of you done anything to betray my trust uh not not really you know I can't think of it off the top of my head maybe small little things that are insignificant and therefore not really seen as betrayals but you know it's the consistency there that we're talking about previously the consistency consistently showing me that I can trust you and I can trust my girlfriend I can trust my parents I can trust my brother so I think that's one thing to consider is that the consistency is truly is key you know consistency really is important towards it um but I've noticed that you've put down a very interesting and thought-provoking question and actually all of these are really good questions Manny that I've just looked over it it looks pretty great the script um but you've put down a good question um how many times do you allow someone to break your trust and i'd like you to elaborate allows allow someone to break your trust before what and what is the uh, thought behind this question i just think that like sometimes when someone breaks your trust some people say once some people say twice some people say three times and you're out and others might be like oh it, it just depends on the scenario but i just wanted to get like a number from you and what you believe it is and also does it uh, obviously I know and then we can I talk about this a bit afterwards when it's like people have different numbers do you feel like it's based on the extent of what they've done and how how like badly it is uh, or how bad it can be so then they might break your trust the first time around I, I do believe it it's as a result of what it is that is being the betrayal is what what the break of the trust is and how significant each person finds it not objectively but subjectively you know something that may be significant to one person could be completely insignificant to another it depends on it's in the eye of the beholder in a way you know it depends on how you may see it and how each person sees it so if I was to give you a number Manny I would say probably three times within a period of time if someone breaks my trust three times in 10 years that's fine. You know, that's fine. I can't expect someone to be so inherently consistent for that period of time. I, I can't expect that. That's unreasonable. But maybe say if they were to break my trust three times in six months over the over a course of that kind of time frame, you know, six months, four months, a month, anything less than that, I would then start to reconsider and be like, yo, does this person actually like, does this person actually care? Does this person actually you know, realistically want to be my mate? Does this person want to hang out with me? Is this person going to in for me? Is this friend actually an enemy? Like, I'll start second guessing at that point. Would I drop the friendship? Would I consider them to be an enemy of mine? Would it be a betrayal? Not necessarily, unless they did something of a massive magnitude. But it would start to plant the seeds of doubt in my mind, which is never great for a friendship, if I'm honest. Never great to have, you know, be doubtful about things. But then... If you have an open communication, they can ex- they can hopefully have a reasonable explanation as to why they did the things they did, and that can help you understand it. And even if there's a reasonable explanation that you don't necessarily agree with, it can help you see their side of thinking. So yeah, if I was to give you a number, Manny, I'd say 
three uh, breaks of trust within a six month or less time frame would make me start to reconsider things. What about yourself? Me and you have the same number. I, I would also go three times. But like you said, I feel like the like in, in the time period is very important in terms of let's just say it's three times in a month, then something's a bit off. I feel like something's a bit dodgy there, but uh, I, ju- I just feel three times is just a good amount of time because e- everyone's not uh, not perfect and we can't expect everyone to. I, I feel like sometimes trust is a kind of a, a, like a very subjective thing where it's like if someone's treading a fine line where it's like you had to break your trust to do something, which was, I don't want to say right or, cor- or probably correct in a scenario, does that does that mean that they should be allowed to break it? Then that's a different conversation. But I feel like three times based on what's what's happening is a, a good measure. Perhaps for me as well, sometimes it could just be once based on how heavy something is. Because some, sometimes I feel like it's, there's certain things that someone can do where you just can't trust them again. Yeah, yeah I agree. It can, it can be once. It depends on what it is. If it's, if it's three medium-sized things little things then then it starts to plant the seeds of doubt if it's one absolute like massive flipping whatever it may be <laughs> don't know what to call it but if there's one thing and it's just like yeah this is a this is a, a no-fly zone it's a it's a point of no return kind of thing then it doesn't matter the time frame that could just be uh, a non-negotiable as we've discussed previously having non-negotiables it could be one if they violate one of those if a friend or even a stranger somebody trying to introduce yourself to or build a relationship with if they break one of those non-negotiables and shatter your trust then it only takes that one thing but you've got to be well aware of that because some people may do it by mistake doesn't matter because it might be a non-negotiable so that that's that's a good good question if anyone else has got any more you know uh, outlandish ideas about the amount of times please do get in touch we'd love to hear it you know we love to hear from our community and you know we're really happy for people to message us or drop a line to the podcast and let us know how many how many times it may take for how many times you'd sit through is basically what we're asking how many times would you sit through uh, a betrayal of some similar magnitude but while we're talking about betrayal um i know that we've written down and we would love to talk about how does betrayal change the relationship with someone and i'd like to to go off the bat and talk about this because i think it's a really great question that betrayal changes the relationship because sometimes you don't you you don't forget you know you may forgive but you don't forget you it's always in the back of your mind thinking well you know i trusted this person and they've asked me to trust them again yeah i will i want to but I'm not going to be fooled. I'm not going to completely 100% trust them. I may 98% trust them, but there's always that little bit thinking back to when that betrayal happened. And on, as unfortunate as it is, sometimes you may never get that 2% back. You may always have that betrayal looming over the relationship or looming over the friendship. You know, I've done plenty of things, unfortunately, where I've made terrible decisions and big mistakes in terms of like my relationship with my, my partner. I've done some, not some bad things, I wouldn't say, but I've, I've made some mistakes in certain things. And I know that her nor I will forget that. And that's that's a part of the relationship and growing alongside it, not necessarily forgetting it. And I know I won't get that 2% back. You know, I've done it with my family members where I've shown how inherently stubborn I can be and I won't get that back either. Does that change the relationship? However, it, it again, it depends on what it was. 
it changes the relationship in the aspect that there's that little bit of hmm uh, they've done this before they could not necessarily they will not necessarily they can do it again but they could do it again because they've done it once if if you have a relationship and you've never done that that thought isn't there and so you're able to 100% go into everything and not have to worry about anything at all uh, not have to worry about some tendencies that may come out but if you have had a betrayal it does change the relationship where you might not be able to get that back it may be tarnished ever so slightly and you sometimes you may be competing to win that back to to earn that trust back and if you're with someone who's ultra forgiving you may earn it back but if you're with someone who's just not quite at that level you may not and I I think that's quite a thought-provoking question Manny what do you think about it I think it uh, makes things a bit more like skeptical and it it kind of like it kind of questions the other person maybe that even their intentions and I feel like betrayal is a massive uh, like factor in the fact that the in terms of how big of a change it can be to the relationship because the truth is is that when you betray someone it puts everything and the thing is I, I like we obviously don't want this to be the case but I feel like it kind of puts everything uh, in into question like why why is this the case like if this if this is what's happened and that's what you decided to do with everything else up until that point even real or true and I feel like when it goes all the way when when someone's betrayed someone and it goes all the way back to where it starts like from all the way from the beginning and you question everyone's actions up until that point I feel like it kind of can affect you very negatively and it could it perhaps even stop a relationship, could just end a relationship there and then because once you start asking the question, you don't only ask the question about things that are going to happen or that will happen eventually. You, you're you asking questions about what happened. And I feel like it's much worse when you ask questions about what I've, what's has, what has happened because you can never go back there. But with the future, it's like they've taken on an action and then it's happened in real time and you can think to yourself, oh, you know what, I'm not too sure about this because of what they've done. But beforehand, you can't really identify or contextualize their kind of intentions. And I feel like that's where people struggle and some people just decide to end up a relationship or even a friendship on the spot based on things like that. But I also, like you said, depends on the weight and the degree of it. And then for some people, it's you lose a bit of it, but then you don't necessarily get that back ever. And then it's it's always there's always that part of you that knows the person who's done, who's betrayed someone else, that part of you knows that you're never really going to be the full 100% with someone, which is, I don't want to say upsetting, but it's, it's quite a difficult pill to swallow, really, even after you've done something. But I was going to say, is there anything you want to add to that? Is there anything you feel like I've said that you don't necessarily agree with? No, man, I, I, think, I think that's good consensus. I think, I think you've, uh, you've covered it well. You've covered it well. Um, yeah, so just moving on to the next one. Uh, why do people do things to break other people's trust? We've obviously talked about betrayal and sometimes it based on context. I'm not going to say it's necessary, but the person feels like they would need they needed to do that. But why do you feel like that people do things to break other people's trust, whether it's unintentional or intentional? What, I mean, some people may feel the need out of necessity. Some people may feel the need because they may have a priority to somebody else and they may have to unwillingly break the trust but they may have to do so because you know they may not want to but they may have to and that that happens quite a lot 
some I think that happens more often than any other type of trust breaking is because they may have to do so uh, in an unwanted scenario. Um, in other ones, the first one that comes to my mind when you're talking about this is cheating in a relationship. Why would someone do that? Because they, I don't know, I don't know why someone would do that, to be honest, but they may, they maybe can't help themselves there. The temptation is too strong and they may not have been thinking properly. All these excuses for me, those aren't reasons, those are excuses. The real reason may be is just because honestly it beats me when it comes to that kind you feel of like, do, do you feel like people just deep down want to do it but they feel like yeah. they use excuses just to justify it yeah i feel like they do i feel like they need an excuse so they don't look like a terrible person do you feel um, like it's, it's never unintentional i feel like sometimes sometimes it actually can be okay like, let's say for like example, examples okay so let's say for example you told me something that's privy to you and then someone's going through like a similar scenario and you're like oh you know i've been oh i spoke to joseph about this already and in, in theory, that means I've kind of just told something about you, which I shouldn't have. But it might have been a slip of the tongue where it's like, I didn't mean to say that, but I've said it now. Uh, and that okay. doesn't mean I wanted to, I didn't want to break your trust. Maybe in that point, maybe my full process is someone, the other person will feel better about themselves or feel like it's all right and it can be worked through because someone else has been through the same thing. And even like it's, 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 that's a difficult one for me. That's an unintentional way of breaking someone's trust. Yeah, yeah. I but the intent, that. the int- like, and then then it goes back to what's the person's intentions. Like, based on what I've just told you in that scenario, for example, that that would be a good time to potentially break someone's trust if it helps the other person. But it doesn't necessarily mean that like you go off saying everything about everyone. But it might be like a time and a place where you think to yourself, you're willing to say that. And potentially go afterwards and I'll tell you, obviously, I've done it. Because in that moment, you knew it was the right thing to do. That's a, I didn't even consider that, man. I think that's a good, a good shout, a good shout. Yeah, just... I think that's that's what I say to some of my friends. And it's like, yeah. I, I know you told me this and I feel like... And, and that's, it goes back to trust, really. Where it's like, you trust someone also when they break your trust. And it sounds super weird because that doesn't even make sense. But it's like, <laughs> I, I, you've given me information. I've given you information. And I trust you enough with it that you'll only use it when, when and as you need to. That like you wouldn't be going around telling everyone my business unless like it felt like there was a time and a place where you're like, you know what? I really think someone needs to hear this right now because you're not alone. Yeah, I think the unintentional slip of the tongues are that those are those that thing is those aren't reasons to break the trust those are just complete accidents like i know i've had those times when i've said something and then i like go to cover my mouth like oh and like i'm like i can't believe i just said that like i can't believe i've just i wasn't meant to say that i said the wrong thing i i, I had a slip of the tongue i my brain was like wires crossed kind of thing in the moment like i just let the tongue slip because i wanted to make someone feel better or i wasn't thinking straight like anything along those lines can be an unintentional break of the trust but then someone could argue that the fact that it was even in your mind to say that could be intent behind it they could have been like but you know, i think i think the intent but that's just too deep for me but i think i think that's a good intent though i, I would if that's i true. told you that's something true. and you told someone else and it, let's just say but i also think it depends what it is i feel like sometimes if it's very very hard hitting then the other person it's kind of up to the person who's a business it is is that oh i didn't feel like you should have shared that regardless of the circumstances but at the same time i feel like if you know that the other person will be in a better place 
then it's one of those ones where it's like you were willing to do it but there was a greater cause and maybe also it depends on the person where you're like if Manny was with me and we were having this conversation he might also say it himself about what's happening mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I feel like he'd understand where I was coming from and I feel like that is being you being intentional but there's also like there is a good intent to it and I know sometimes people w- might be um, not feel great about what you've done and still complain about it but I feel like some mates when you trust you can also trust them to break your trust in the sense that in that scenario it was intentional and it was for a good purpose mate thought-provoking stuff thought-provoking I stuff. know man I, I, yeah I think that's a, a nice way to end it hopefully it'll give you people listening some stuff to think about I know it's certainly given me things to think about in terms of unintentional I had one question though you have more questions? I had one oh, more shit. question. Okay, yeah, okay, no, I have written it down. I just thought about it now since you've broken up something. Hit me, hit me. If someone else, if someone's like a friend of yours and you know they've broken, uh, like they've broken trust with someone that isn't necessarily your friend, but you know of them, does that make you question your friend? Ooh. Ooh. So they have, your friend has good intentions. No, no. Let's just say, for example, you, your friends with this person. Yeah. But and you know, and, but they're no longer friends with someone else because someone said that they broke their trust. Mm. What 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 do you do? What do you do? What do you do about that friend? What do you feel about how how does that feel? Does that change anything to you about that friend in that so friendship? You, so they didn't break your trust. So, so, so let's you, say, for example, there's, there's let's three say mates. Yeah, person, three person mates. A, person B, person C. Okay, okay. Person A and B are mates. Yep. Person B and C are mates, but person yeah. C is no longer friends with B because B broke their trust. Okay. How do you how do you feel about how does that impact their relationship oh. or friendship or person A and B? Ooh. Because I'm not gonna lie to you, man. I feel like sometimes trust is quite a selfish thing where it's like if the person hasn't done me wrong, then I'm content with it. Yeah. And I feel like to an extent, I understand that full process because you can't account for everything because then your head would just start spinning. 100%. But how do you feel about that? I don't ha- actually have an answer. I'm just curious about you. Well, uh, uh, a, a similar scenario has actually happened to, to me in real life in my friendship group. Uh, I won't go into any details whatsoever because it's quite a sensitive topic. But um, yeah, that scenario has happened. And if to be honest, what, what their fallout has been is that I'm still close friends with both people, even though they betrayed each other's trusts and they those two no longer talk and those two aren't like really close anymore i'm still friends with both because i have no priority for one over the other i can see both sides of their disagreement i can see both sides of the trail and both sides of the trust but i'm a bystander to what was happening for them and so i'm not involved as they are obviously i'm involved because i'm both their mates but i'm not involved because it's quite between them and it, it, it to do with their relationship they have with each other not to do with me so i was consulted by both people by both parties on like what should i do and i was like mate keep me out of it that's what i said i said keep me out of it because i'm not involved this is between you guys and i'm just trying to hear whether this weather the storm and trying to keep my friendships obviously it's a selfish thing to do to try and keep both my friendships. I feel like that's important excited. to do though. I feel that's, like sometimes yeah. that is important to do because it's between person B and C. B and C should be able to have that mature yeah. conversation. Yeah, exactly. Oh, obviously, if one was so much more, you know, if it was a lot more one-sided than this scenario that actually happened in my life, if it was so much more one-sided, then I would be more inclined to take a side and to maybe cut off one other person. But that isn't what happened. So I 
based on my own experiences, I stayed neutral as I could, and I'm still friends with both to this day. They are no longer friends with each other, but I've done my best to stay stay neutral. And I'm assuming, judging by your response, Manny, you would have a you would echo that sentiment. Yeah, I mate. You know what though? The truth is, I actually don't know. I know, as okay. in, I'll be honest, okay. I actually don't know. Like, I feel like I would do what you do, but at the same time, I would be, I would be very cautious still. I don't know why. Maybe even though I said I'm an optimist about it, I'd still be very cautious because it's just. But then the thing is with me, I, I also like to go like a bit rational about it. Where it's like, if that's the case, then no one can be trusted. If you know what I'm saying, because you might break someone's trust. You even me as an individual might have broken someone's trust, and then it's like, you kind of it's it's a weird one. It's a really weird one, and I. I feel like the more I think about it, I had to ask because the more I'm going to think about it, my head is just going to spin so many times. <laughs> but it's just, ah, oh man, I, I just feel that it's a really difficult one. And selfishly, yes, you'd, you'd also do your, um, you'd also like, you're thinking about yourself ultimately as well. And I feel that's when, when it gets a bit complicated because if it's with friends, like your scenarios just sounds really, really complicated if I'm honest. And I, I would just, uh, like I like you did, I would probably say, unless for me, if I had to be the mediator for the conversation, sure, I don't mind doing that. But I don't want to be able to, I don't want any information. Because I feel like if I have any information, I've already made a judgment at that point. I'd rather just sit in, sit in the conversation and let the other two talk about it. And I'm not going to say anything. I don't even have an opinion on it. If someone asks an opinion, I'd be like, no comment. Fully like I'm part of the a reporter asking me a question. There's no, <laughs> no comment. comment. I don't have anything. Oh my God. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to drop. Because even if someone's done something that I don't believe is right, but it in the scenario itself, it isn't as bad as it is, I can't. I feel like that's when, when I put my own judgments on it, then it's just one person wins. When If it's all, both 50-50 then you sh- no one necessarily wins it's more of a let's talk about it let's see if we can resolve it and move forward rather than oh this person person this person won because i agree with it but that's only because i agree with it because we have different values i just feel like that's not right man you got me you're gonna be thinking the rest of the afternoon about this stuff many uh, yeah i like man, this nah, I, like, sure. I like the good nah. question i like that i just answer. i just had it on my head like yeah, i was just write down but i was like you know what this is that's really right. one that i'm interested about no, I but like yeah, no, I, I, I really like your take, man. I really like your take. And I think that was a brilliant way to end up the episode. Sorry for cutting off earlier, but I really no, had to no ask problem. that question. No man. problem. I was I, so it, curious about it, it opened up a, a new dialogue and hopefully people listening, maybe even the two people that are involved, they listened to this as well. They'll message me being fuming like, yo, I thought you're on my side. <laughs> Newsflash, boys, yeah. I'm on no one's side. But it's just, it's just one of those things. I, I want people to chime in on that question about what would you do how would you go about it? I think I think that's a really important one for, obviously, you just said that you're in a scenario, but I just think for future reference anyway, I feel like it would be great to hear people's opinions because obviously accounting for everything is, is, is quite is quite difficult in itself. But what would you do as an individual to that question? So I do pose the question to all of you listening. Feel free to DM us on Instagram at the official DMC podcast and just get hold of us with your answer because we'd be really curious to hear about that. Without further ado, like I said, you can get a hold of us on Instagram. Also, give us a follow at the official DMC podcast. Give our Spotify a follow. That would be greatly appreciated. We're moving our way ever so slightly closer to 100 followers on Spotify, which is amazing. And I really want to 
say a big thank you to everyone who's contributed to that. And if you can, can you please share this with one friend or a family member, or anyone you feel like needs to listen to this episode? Because I, I, I'll be honest, this is an episode where I feel like there's a lot of gems in there. So I hope everyone could take something from it. I've definitely taken something from it. I'm sure Joseph has as well. This is the DMC signing off.